Good day, I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I am I am excited to go to Georgia today, which is uh, in the United States, not uh, in uh, the former Soviet Union. And I'm with the uh, organizer of TEDx Augusta, Georgia, but also, Grace, we have another guest with us. Who's our other guest? <laughs> so our other guest today is actually my daughter, Chloe Balangia, who, um, is also producing her own um, TEDx event, and I'll let her tell you a little bit more about that as well. So we we call ourselves bookends. Bookends. In the TEDx oh, I love that. We don't know how many, know how many mother daughter um, organizers there are out there. And and Chloe, what uh, event are you doing? So I am currently the executive director for TEDx Georgia Tech. And is this um, so a first year? Um, no, it's actually been around for about five to six years, and I've been on the team for three years, um, but this is going to be our best event yet, um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Why so? I'm excited. You're the lead. And I'm the lead. I, it's completely student-led, student-run, yep. Um, yep. which is yeah. cool. That's, uh, now, do you have a faculty advisor? We do, but um, just because... We're required to, <laughs> um, but she's in the College of Computing at Georgia Tech um, and great friend of mine, and she helps us when we need her, but mostly it's it's all run by us. She just makes sure you guys stay in the lanes and don't get hurt, right? So yes. that's that's great. And uh, so tell me about the conversation. Well, back up. Grace, how long have you been doing Augusta? So this is, uh, we just did our fourth event. Fourth and event. So I was I was telling Chloe yesterday at lunch that it, it's it's actually was a six year um, process because it took us about fourteen months to to get to get started with our well, very first event. Tell me about that. So um, I was telling her Chloe. She asked me, you know, the 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 the, the history of, of our event, and I basically applied as a as a dare to myself on New Year's Eve twenty twelve. <laughs> as you one know, does. Yes, yes, it was a it was an evening of, of of taking risks. I just finished watching for the third or fourth time Brene Brown's talk on um, authenticity and vulnerability, and I just felt really called to apply for our community um, to have our event. We'd never had it here before, and um, it was approved, and we have since done it annually for four years. And what was there a TEDx you went to that inspired you, and you said, "I I need to do that. I have to do that." Yeah, as a, as a matter of fact, um, for those of you of your listeners that don't know, Augusta's about two hours from Atlanta, and um, so I had been in contact with uh, TEDx Peachtree. Um, Jackie Chu was the organizer for it, and um, our paths had crossed, and some other entities that we work with. So I had gone to her event and sat in her audience, and um, 
one of her very first speakers was actually from Augusta. Oh. And I just, again, there was this sort of um, tentacles of things that connected me to the experience. And then, um, side note, I work in a, I work in a, a nonprofit uh, called The Clubhouse, and it's a community organization. It's like an, an incubator, accelerator, co-working space. So I had a team of people that were committed to helping me launch this event because as you know it's a it's a team effort oh it, it very much is that tell me about the clubhouse we we have a partnership with a co-working space here and it it's makes a huge difference to have that kind of place as a partner what's that like um so the clubhouse was uh i was one of the founding members it again started in in 2012 and we run it as a nonprofit. we have a space in downtown augusta all are welcome to come if you want to it's we call it uh, Rotary for Geeks, almost. I love it. And uh, our our uh, mission statement is we connect leaders and learners in technology, business, and design. We create companies, build community, and support one another in, in really doing big, audacious things in Augusta, Georgia. So it's, it's a, a very TED-like mission, yeah? Um, yeah, kind of. So <laughs> everybody who likes Everybody who... Everybody who likes Ted usually comes through the doors of the clubhouse at some point or another. Oh, I love that. I love we, that. Um, as I was yeah, looking I... through your the information about you on uh, the Ted event site, I noticed that you're also involved in something that uh, caught my eye. It's called Hack Augusta. Yeah, so um, Hack Augusta was the original name of our entity. We started out as an LLC and then moved to a nonprofit Um you know, co-working spaces and, and, and in particular maker spaces and hacker spaces um, don't have a real strong business model. And so we, um, <laughs> you know, to be a self-sustaining space yeah. is something that's really challenging for communities. And so that's another thing we advocate for. Um, as you know, TEDx is a passion of ours, but sure. the, the thing that helps pay the bills and, and literally keeps the doors open is running, running our space and doing events, um, hackathons. Um, startup challenges, pitch events, education classes for adults, coding, the whole nine yards. I, I love every single thing you said about that. Every one of those it. events, I, we could, we'll do another show uh, about that. Um, Chloe, now, so your mom tells you what she's going to do. And had you, did you go to that first TEDx she did? Did she rope did. you in? Of course. I mean, you have to. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about TED. I don't think I'd even seen a TED talk before my mom decided to do um, the first TEDx in Augusta. And um, being her daughter, of course, I was just thrown into the mix. And I'm an avid photographer. Oh, and so oh. um, my little duty of the day was to be um, a second event photographer um, and just capture the day. And to be a photographer in an event like that, you get to know the event very well because sure you have do. to be at sure. all angles. You have to be behind the scenes. You have to be in the scenes. You have to talk to the people. And um, one of my best friends came along with me, and we were little student reporters, and we did <laughs> social media, and we were just sort of the two little high school representatives um, on her team. Um, and then the next year, we did the same thing as it was growing. We took our job way more seriously, and so I started – um, pitching volunteer um, efforts to local high schools in Augusta. And so I kind of deemed myself the lead volunteer coordinator, um, youth volunteer coordinator. Um, so that got my name out there as aligning with TED. That's how all of my friends, my community started to 
recognize me as liking Ted outside of my mom because I would announce in front of auditoriums of high schoolers, um, come volunteer at this event. I had to know about the event. And then day of, I was, same thing, tweeting and posting and um, having a blast. So So then you get accepted (laughs) to go to Georgia Tech and you decide, I can't leave TEDx two hours away. Tell me what that conversation was like. That's actually a funny story and a story that a lot of my team knows back at um, Georgia Tech. Um, When I applied to Georgia Tech, I don't remember the exact question, but one of the college application questions that Georgia Tech asked um, influenced my answer to be about TED and my experience with TEDx Augusta. Um, And I basically said, to kind of prove my own ambition to Georgia Tech that I was a leader, um, that if TEDx Georgia Tech existed, I wanted to join. And if it didn't, I wanted to start it. Um, So I kind of think that that's cool because then I've grown through the ranks and, and now I'm leading it. But I found it on my own. I stalked into Facebook groups and the website and tried to find if TEDx Georgia Tech existed. Um, and then I joined instantly freshman year. And they were, they're thrilled to have you. And now you're, you're you rose quickly through the ranks, didn't you? Um, more or less. I mean, I came on as a marketing coordinator, just sort of on their marketing team. Um, and it was me and an MBA marketing student. And I was this little freshman girl and we had a meeting. Um, the guy, Chris, we're good friends now, um, so much older than me. And we had a meeting at Starbucks before, um, our first official team meeting. And he told me later on that he was approaching that meeting, like, okay, here's this random student. I'm going to have to mentor and she's not going to know anything. And I approached that meeting, like, Laptop in tow, dressed to the nines, like here's everything I want to do with TEDx Georgia Tech and blew him out of the water with all my plans and all my ideas. And he's like, you got this. And he kind of backed up. Um, And so I led us through developing our first social media campaigns and social media efforts, which was how our numbers grew exponentially. And then second year, I sort of stayed in a similar role, just being on marketing. Um, And then this year, yeah, I was elected executive director by my team. And how many attendees at both of your respective events? So because of just the TED licensing rules, um, we're limited to the 100 attendees at our events. Um, but we've sold out every year and it's been great retention rates. Um, but yeah, we haven't had massive numbers just because of our license. However, you are going to TED Fest, which yes. removes that I- cap. I'm changing the trajectory of TEDx Georgia Tech in the future. So yes. what what's the next Georgia Tech event population going to be? Um, next step, um, there's auditoriums around campus that hold hundreds of people. I, I'd say probably 500. So um, an event center you can book? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in the center of campus and then around campus. And with this license, my team has had to come up with, spent so many, so much time and resources trying to figure out how to still put on amazing events for such a limited amount of people so now with with the gates open um i'm excited to see what yeah look look out look out atlanta uh grace so you have a thousand years is that correct yeah we um this being our fourth year we moved our event to a larger um historic theater in downtown augusta it had just been renovated it had been closed for almost um, 30 years. Oh my God. And, and it had a huge campaign, um, $23 million renovation. So we um, approached them last summer 
knowing that um, it could be possible to be in their facility. And they opened the doors January 6th, and our event was February 3rd. So we were maybe the ninth or 10th event that they had staged in, in their theater. And, and from all of the feedback, everybody was super crazy pleased. Was that this year, 2018? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so 2018, we had a thousand, um, and our very first event, like Chloe's, was was actually TEDx Telfair Street. You know, you had to go through that sort of right. provisional year, and right. we did it in our local library, and we had we had a hundred people show up, and then um, I went to Vancouver, and we got the license for TEDx Augusta, and that moved into a different theater, and we had four hundred people our second year, and then about six hundred people our third year. One of the things that's uh, that's intriguing about the call is the the family connection between the two of you, and yet you work on two different events. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife and I have been doing um, we're longtime Tedsters from back from Monterey, uh, and as soon as TEDx came about, we were able this like we're jump we jumped on that very very quickly. And mm-hmm. there are very few couples who work as, as you know, how much work it is having someone right there in the house, you know, who's doing the same thing is, is great. So I'm really curious, what are, what are your TEDx conversations like? What kind of things do mother daughters talk about? We have a lot. I would say, so the very first year, I remember when Chloe was on the committee and it was like a week before her event and she was going to one of her committee meetings and she um, you know, messaged me on Facebook about it. And she just asked this random question. And I just, you know, did this little spitfire paragraph of like, don't forget this and this and this and this and this. And then she shared that with her team. And so I think they sort of adopted me a little bit. Um, over the course of the year, Chloe would come to me with different questions. And then I, of course, bantered with her about my event because I, I wanted to reach, you know, a younger audience. Obviously, Chloe is in that target market. So she looked at some of our logos and looked at our social media platform and was really good about um, giving me honest feedback. Um, and of course she's attended all of our mm-hmm. events, so that helps to have her in the audience as well. Real, real honest, authentic feedback from your daughter is, is very healthy. Yeah, no, yeah, I, my, I, absolutely. My, uh, my team knows who my mom is <laughs> and um, we're both well-connected. Um, she mentioned earlier TEDx Peachtree in Atlanta. We both are connected with them and know who they are too. Um, there's definitely, especially as this year has come about, um, I've definitely messaged my mom a ton um, because we. I think we've kind of like grown together, but you've just done it on a bigger scale. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, like she said, I, I give her the honest daughter feedback and she gives me the the mother wisdom and my trunk of my car is filled with things from her event and then I come back and share things from my event and we go back and forth. I know our listener is not going to let a statement go by, which is you messaged your daughter on Facebook. You didn't call <laughs> her. You didn't text her. You sent her a message on Facebook. I just, just got to put it out there that that's, uh, that's perfect. I love that. What, um, what, what, is there something unique about events, TEDx events in your region? As you know, we, you know, we play within a certain lane. Right. There's a there, there's kind of established formats, if you will. And we're encouraged to, to innovate around that. And and people have done that through graphics, through the tone of voice, through the way they curate the stage. I want to start with Grace. What, what is it that makes Augusta unique? 
Well, I think that um, the the thing I go back to is sort of pioneering the event for our community. So if you if you know anything about Augusta, you know it's a it's a mid-sized southern town um, that I, I wouldn't say has been particularly innovative in the scope of what it's done. But obviously, we have a very talented community. We have a an active um, medical community, we have um, an energy community, and we have a, a an actual a very strong military base. And so, you know, putting the event together really tapped into the talent locally that needed to have a voice. And I think you probably hear this a lot from TEDx organizers. We didn't we didn't have that platform in Augusta for people to do that. And right. so, right. you know, when I hear you know publishers and and doctors and scientists going to DC or Atlanta or New York and saying, Hey, I gave this talk about this really great thing happening. You know, you really want that talk to be local. You really want people down the street to connect. Um, and that has been the most pleasurable thing for me to experience is seeing strangers, you know, collaborate and discuss and, and the chatter of, 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 of saying, wow, this is in Augusta, Georgia. This is, this is awesome. And that, that's been the most rewarding thing ever. Are you a hundred percent local speakers? We are about 90% local speakers. Mm -hmm. we, we do our call for speakers um, nationally. Uh, we have had some, some, some national speakers come, come to Augusta, and that has been equally exciting because they come um, not only because they want to be on the TEDx platform, but because you know they have some tie-in to Augusta. And so for them to come back and sort of become our ambassadors because then they go back to their towns and their you know companies and say, wow, Augusta's really got it going on. So that's been, that's been exciting. And, and and we've even had, I've actually had two speakers have sp spoken at other TEDx events, and they've just been really impressed with how we've done our event organizationally and logistically. And that's been very affirming as well. Not, not to disparage other TEDx events, but I've had that same thing where we've had speakers on our stage, and then they'll call us from backstage from another event, and they're going, there's no green room. There's no one to handle my bags. There's no, I don't have a, a handler. I mean, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it, that's, well, that's one of the reasons we do the show is so we can all learn from one another and what works and, and what works from a hospitality point of view for the attendees, but also for the, um, the speakers and then even the crew, like the care and feeding of the volunteers and the crew and all the people right. that are working right. hard is, is a deal. So the question then goes to you, Chloe, what is it that you are looking this, is this your first year as the lead? So you're at the top of the yes. food chain? Yes. So what are you doing to put your fingerprints on this event? Um, so I approached this, it wasn't like my mom just sort of took on the license for herself and then built the team around that. I had a pre-established team of students. Mm -hmm. And so I had to kind of prove myself that I could be an executive director. We sort of treat TEDx Georgia Tech like a student club, right. um, like a student right. organization. So we get funding within Georgia Tech and whatnot. Um, and so I had to come up with a kind of a presidential platform um, and goals for myself as the leader. And my overarching goal was to make TEDx Georgia Tech as impactful as we all knew it could be. Um, and we led with that by reorganizing our team structure because it used to be just super inefficient. Um, we um, kind of toned back the amount of events that we are trying to plan. We, we plan a lot of um, salons in, additional, in addition to our actual conference, and we were trying to put those out um, one after the other, and it was diluting our actual conference, which, I, which my mom told me was <laughs> what we should be focusing on, um, and I agreed with her. And so... Um, we took more care on what we were working on. 
Um, and so we actually had a student salon in the fall, which we treated like a big event. Um, and it was all Georgia Tech students, no professional speakers, just students. Um, and we had the same limitations of the audience, but we hosted it in a local co-working space and we had popcorn and coffee and it was a really cool kind of vibe. And, um, it blew our numbers out of the water. We had nobody left during (laughs) intermission, which was like a really cool, uh, statistic that we've never had before. Um, I had so many of my friends come, but so many people I didn't know either. And that has really um, empowered me um, as I've led this organization is that I'm actually not doing this because it's family or or because my friend group is in it. I'm doing it completely on my own and then impacting hundreds of Georgia Tech students that I literally don't know, um, which is a cool mindset to have. Um, So I'm excited for our conference, but um, but fingers crossed we we make (laughs) an impact. (laughs) What advice does the daughter give the mother who in planning before in take, life. take that <laughs> take, you can go any any way you want with that it's purposely left open you give me you give me advice on um on fashion mm-hmm. and social media and branding mm-hmm. and there's no filter in her advice to me because she's my daughter so i can't fire her and and i think that that's that's a wonderful family dynamic is that she can be um, painfully honest with me. And, and I appreciate that because, because not everybody, you know, does that in the universe. What branding advice would you have for other university events, Chloe? That's a good question. So I think that there's so much power in the alignment between the Ted brand and the university brand. Um, Nobody needs to prove, with Georgia Tech specifically, I mean, I did not need to prove that Georgia Tech was going to have great talent, smart people, lots of innovation. Um, and then with TED, you're expecting incredible speakers and impactful conversation and kind of innovative, creative audience experiences. Um, so aligning those two brands has so much power. And I don't think we've really capitalized on that as a team um, in terms of sponsorship, in terms of speakers. Um, we know it ourselves. I mean, we're Georgia Tech students, so people are running in from classes for meetings and people are missing meetings because they have like 24 hour deadlines on massive projects. I mean, the life of a college student is hectic and we're still able to put out content that is TED worthy. Um, and I think that's, that's a really cool, um, kind of bridge. And I would, I would say that I applaud Chloe's, um, and again, it goes maybe back to the, the dynamics of volunteerism or generations, but her social media is, is spot on. You know, if you're not friends with her on Facebook, her event, you just need to be because they just really encapsulate everything you want when you're sharing the message about a TEDx event. And, and I've struggled, you know, with getting my volunteers to, to do that either on a daily post or with, you know, great quotes or good taglines and things like that. And so I think that that's, that's something that you'll see maybe from the events that are more college oriented that they they really tap into that that maybe some of us older mature you know organizers don't really um, embrace as much but we really should. Well, it's I, I think it's the the difference between digital natives and digital immigrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I would also yeah, and the other thing I would say too, again, um, uh, talking a little bit about my own experiences, I I my previous life I worked a lot in in journalism and communications, and so. Oh. I tap into our local newspaper. I mean, you have a lot of influencers and a lot of thought leaders 
they still read the newspaper. And so we get a lot of coverage from good old fashioned um, print advertising and sponsorships and marketing. So I think that that's, it just, it's more depth to, to, you know, getting your message out there in your community. Um, especially, especially if you're in a city like Atlanta where there's just a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. That's a completely different dynamic. We don't even, we put out posters around campus and we have a banner that's over the student center, but we've started tracking where our audience is coming from and where our tickets are coming from. And it's like 80% Facebook and email. And then the rest of it is posters or word of mouth or flyer Mm -hmm. or something random. Um, which I think is definitely something that college organizations have to keep in mind is it's the, there's just so many posters everywhere. I mean, you're not about <laughs> yeah. to go look at a corporate and, yeah. under, and see extra detect. So we have to really understand Facebook targeting and Facebook event strategy and um, Instagram stories strategy and things that are new and up and coming that all of our audience is in. There's uh, something I'd like you to look at that I've, I've seen this several times which is a large X is constructed, like a six, eight foot X, <laughs> big red X. That's, and yeah. you put that on campus and that's yeah. uh, that's gonna get more uh, attention than that, anything else. So I've been involved in the team recruitment process for the past few years. And that's an idea that without fail, every single marketing coordinator that we talk to to come on our team has come up with it's been an idea and it's just never enacted because <laughs> social media does so well <laughs> so we uh, haven't needed put in the effort to, to try and do a large red x but maybe next year yeah <laughs> well if you have to fill an event center um it might yeah. be yeah. good to, to do that so ladies um what's what's been the biggest surprise and let's stay on the good size of good side of surprises has been a, a surprise um i would say consistently the three weeks before every event that i've ever produced i literally am struggling with how we're going to pull it off because i either feel like the team has not pulled its weight or a sponsor hasn't come through or you know the weather on the horizon is going to dictate something and and it's only taken me this year to really be able to say, Grace, it's going to be okay. Everybody will do what they do. And it's, it's, that, it's that little duck on the pond that's so calm and then the little feet underneath the water are just you know, moving like a mile sure, a minute. Sure, sure, sure. And our events, I mean, they, they really are successful. I mean, I mean, there's little things behind the scenes, but, but the surprising thing is just how much fun everybody has. I mean, I knew they were going to have fun, but they are having like lots of fun. And that's, that, that I think is, is the most surprising thing. Cause people are like, as soon as it's over, they're like, when's the next one? Sign me up. Mm-hmm. And then I think cl- for me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it's always been how long the buildup is to the event because we start planning for a year and we, we put out a few different events, but we were planning and we're working together for an entire year and then how fast each event happens, like, like in the day. I mean, all of a sudden it's like, it's Ted day, but none of us were actually thinking about the actual conference because we've just been planning like meeting after meeting after meeting. And then all of a sudden it's conference day and things are happening. And then all of a sudden it's lunchtime and, and I'm like, okay, here, let's take a five minute break. And then all of a sudden it's over and we have to start cleaning up. And I'm like, wait, okay, <laughs> the end. And it's a fun surprise because I'm like, wow, what a, 
it, like what a blast. I mean, the time flies when you're having fun, but at the same time, this year I definitely want to take Enjoy advantage it. of being present and enjoying it and knowing kind of like you said, like the things are going to fall into place and these things are going to work. But I tried to do that with our salon in the fall. Um, I took time to just sort of actually listen to the speakers and enjoy the company of my friends and um, have a coffee and enjoy yeah. my time because that's what we're doing it for. We're not doing it so we can run around backstage all hectic and frantic with microphones on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I uh, have, have mentored youth events and university events, and they ask, Mark, what's the one piece of advice you have for us? And um, as you've not enjoyed planning a wedding and getting married, I can liken it to that, which is you <laughs> spend a very long time planning all the details down to the color of the, of the ribbons and the font choices on the announcements, all of that stuff. It's, it's very much exactly the same. And then bam, the wedding happens and bam, it's the next day and bam, it's your 20th anniversary. Uh, it, <laughs> it happens very, very fast. So my, my advice is, is in any milestone event, and I would say that a TED, producing a TEDx is absolutely a milestone event in one's life. I have them, um, take 10 photographs in their mind and I have mm -hmm. them stop 10 times, look around and be very intentional. Look around and take a picture and, and name it and store it. And then before you go to bed that night, recall all 10 photographs that you took before you mm -hmm. go to bed. And you'll never forget those 10 pictures. You may not remember anything else that happened that day. You will always remember those 10 things. Mm -hmm. so, That's good advice. Yeah, good advice. So, so do yeah. that because you, it, it, it goes by so quick. Uh, and that's what's fun about it, right? Everybody's having a good time. You get caught up in the moment. Yeah. So that's all the good stuff. There's, there are challenges. And, and you were talking about struggling, Grace. But what do you think is the biggest dragon in this story maybe between the two of you let's see if it's the same one um i think i think for mine it mine's a little bit um bigger picture again tied into the community because as you know all of our tedx events are volunteer run and i think that um you know historically i have a background in, in like i said communications and event planning and i think that that event planning in general doesn't get the respect it deserves and so you can you can employ and pay a lot of people, but when it comes to the actual organization of, of it, I think that um, I think if there if, if there was a way to to I don't want to monetize the event per se, but we struggle so hard with sponsorships mm -hmm. and funding right. that that if if that could be eliminated in some way or have some other options, I think that um, you would get either I don't know that you'd get more events or better events, but I certainly feel like 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 the value of, of what we're doing um, would add depth to, to, and I've heard that from other TEDx organizers as well, mm -hmm. just the bandwidth of, you know, organizing an event is, is a big deal. Yeah, it is. So that probably the, the dragon, is that what you call it, the dragon? Well, it's, it's just, um, it comes from Joseph Campbell's, you know, the hero's journey and, and everything yes. is great. And, and I, the picture I have in my mind is of Lord of the Rings where, you know, our heroes find this cave full of gold, more, more gold than you can even see in one eye view. And yet underneath the gold is a dragon, right? So there's yeah. all this good yeah. stuff in it. Oh, there's a dragon. So there's, there's always one in our lives. 
sponsors the sponsors a big one is that the same for you chloe i think you're funded by the university though right um it's a vicious cycle because uh, we do all of our funding at least this year is from student government and resident hall association and things that are very much based in Georgia tech but with that comes um actual limitations that we have to build up on top of the already ted limitations um just because just in sense of like ted limits us in terms of our attendees and then um student government association limits us on the percentage of which of our attendees are students and which are professionals and just things that we have to keep in mind um and so this year i really wanted my dream was for us to um, embark on understanding corporate sponsorship and how to actually get good corporate sponsorship because in the past we've had maybe one or two companies that agree to sponsor us but then just because of corporate timelines the money doesn't actually show up in our bank account until a year later so everybody sort of waits on being reversed and it's stressful and um the timelines don't align for i mean we got advice from um tedx petrie this year i had a meeting with them just trying to understand what am i missing like why isn't this working and it's because we weren't even worrying about it until January when everybody's um, budgets are almost up and they're worried about moving on to the next year. And so we have to start planning for corporate sponsorships this June or this summer. And yet we don't even have a team yet. I mean, it's going to be our director of finance, just one person. So it's this vicious cycle of we have big dreams and we want to do big things. And this could be really, really impactful and really, really inspiring. But we're limited on our money, and then we as students have no idea what we're doing at the end of the day. And, <laughs> and it just it kind of stays a little bit too small um, for what we know we are capable of. So yeah, I would say that's definitely sponsorship finance has just always been um, the dragon. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I could probably do a show just on that, and a lot of times we talk about that, and and then I'm I'm reminded it's not about the money. You know, right. it's not about the money. And I've, I've told my team, we have a particular challenge in Santa Barbara with the fire and the mudslides. Uh, and, you know, most of the discretionary funding is going towards, you know, support and rebuilding and all of that as it should. And so yeah. I've, I've said, okay, we're, you know, we're going to kind of uh, tighten our, our belts, if you will, right? And, and look mm -hmm. at alternatives to so we looked at every single line item in the budget and said how how could we do that differently do we need to spend money there and and i think that the, the guidance we get from tedx is does that dollar you spend help that idea get traction mm -hmm. right does it really yeah. so you can kind of test it against that we've had we've done a lot of shows about that where there's you know there's an absolute test does you know having printed lanyards does that change everything you know, and, yeah. and you yeah. can, you know, it's, it's, I think Grace, you, you would understand as an, as a professional event producer, you, you have a, uh, a certain sense of what uh, a premium brand is and how a premium brand shows up. And I think we'd all agree that Ted is a premium brand. And so it's, it's kind of our job, even though we're, we are uh, funded by our communities and we're all volunteer, I think the, um, that doesn't allow us to relax the quality standard on the talks we do and the way we produce it. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree in that. And, and I would say, you know, the flip side of it is, um, you know, the, the good dragon in the room is, is, is the generosity that we did get this yeah. year from our sponsors. And I would say, you know, the indirect, 
the unrestricted funding. They said, you know, just make this event happen. Um, I would in particularly say that, again, because of what we do at the clubhouse, you know, so many times people want to get things donated or they want to get it at cost or they want to get it for free. And I have to sort of defend the idea of like, you know what, these are all small business owners. These are right. all people trying to pay their own bills. Yep. And so who am I to come in and say, you know, give me T-shirts for free or give me the stickers for free. And so really the sponsorship money, I mean, it's a big funnel. It allows me to, to, to help economically my community because I'm paying people professionally for their services. I'm paying the caterer. I'm paying the videographer. I'm buying ads in the local newspaper. And so it, it's recircling the, the, the funding mechanism in our own community. And so I can say that it's hard funding wise, but then when we get the money, it's so um, wonderful to be able to employ people, even if it's just the local, you know, artist. We did a, we did a live rendering artist in our space and he was really struggling with wanting to do it because he literally couldn't afford to. And we said, look, you know, you're a professional artist. We're going to you know pay you to have this product done. And it was by far one of the most wonderful experiences of our TEDx event. And he did a, a live drawing encapsulating every talk on one um, large billboard. And it was, it was pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I, I love that. I've seen the individual ones, but I haven't seen one where it was just one huge piece. Yeah, yeah, I'll take a screenshot. I'll send it to you. It's, oh, please it's probably do. 48 inches by, by 60 inches. I mean, it's huge. It was really cool. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. What yeah. would you say is um, your superpower, Chloe? I mean, I think it's your energy, your leadership, your, um, we've already heard social media and marketing, and I'm going to guess communications is in your <laughs> DNA. So, I mean, I can guess some things just based on, you know, the, the 40 minutes we've spent together, but what is it that you think helps you succeed? Um. That's so interesting you asked this, because I've thought a lot about this as I'm trying to find a job and figure out what to do with my life. Um, yeah, she needs a summer job, by the way. <laughs> um, but ever since high school, honestly, from the beginning, I feel like I've always kind of ridden the barrier on um, what a lot of my friends were doing um, in terms of the hobbies I pursued, um, the things I was passionate about were always just a, a little bit more unique mm. and not necessarily a good way. Like not that I was better than anybody, but they were just slightly different than what the classic student my age was doing, um, from like sports to art or whatever. Um, and being involved in Ted has been one of those things that's been very, um, independent. I mean, I've never had, a group of friends that are, have been behind me and working with me for Ted. I mean, besides like Emma, who's my best friend, right. went that one time. I mean, it's always been just Chloe and it's become just a Chloe thing. And my friends now, even though they support me and they attend my events and I've made friends on my team, at the end of the day, it's a very, very independent passion of mine. Um, and so because of that, because of how much I've had to be independent in it, I'm really not afraid to stand by myself for something. And whether it's my photography business that I'm doing, whether it's TEDx Georgia Tech, um, whether it's just kind of a life value, I'm just very much okay with proclaiming it on social media and not caring what anyone thinks or um, standing in front of a room full of people and pitching them to join my organization. I'm just, I'm not afraid to stand completely isolated 
and just believe in what I believe. I mean, with that comes authenticity. So I'm not actually involved in anything that I don't want to stand by myself and, and sure, put value sure. But um, I'd say that's something that not a lot of my friends really do. Um, you're still caught up in sort of like the group. It's a very group collective dynamic. mindset. Yeah, sure. How, you know, I, how are people going to judge me and, and, and all of yeah. those things. So I, I, you know, I appreciate that we're, we're working on with someone else who's doing a web series, uh, with successful women. Um, oh. and it's about empowering women. And the, the idea is that your self-worth is not defined by someone else's view of you. It's your mm -hmm. own view of yourself. And um, having just sat through a bunch of interviews with these women as they were talking about uh, what success meant to them, uh, we're talking to 40-somethings and 50-somethings. And now hearing a 20-something uh, talk about uh, that, you're, I, I could imagine we, if we were to go back in time and say to you, when was it? that you were first aware of your um, being comfortable at taking a stand on whatever that thing was. She at, was seven. So mom said seven. And what happened when she was seven? She, she was seven. She That was the first time that she made a declaration about, and I, I don't remember what it was. I don't think it was like what she was wearing or what we were eating, but it was some sort of opinion. And I remember, and I just remember thinking as a mom, like, wow, I have yeah. a strong daughter. Yeah. That's really awesome. <laughs> That's what I would say. Wow. And, and mom, what is your superpower? Superpower. Oh gosh. What's my superpower? Um, I mean, I would say some of it does, does parallel what Chloe has said. I think that, um, you know, I've, I'm on the other end of, you know, career wise and like what you were just saying about empowering women in their, in their forties and fifties, you know, balancing career and family. And I think that, um, I've always, um, again, sort of been an outlier as well. I, I, uh, grew up in California and in, in Northern California and I've lived in Georgia for almost 20 years. And so I've always felt a little bit outside of the, of the, of the general dynamics. I mean, my kids will tell you, I don't, I don't speak Southern. I don't cook Southern food. Um, I'm a California native. And so I think that, um, taking, taking a little tentacles of, of maybe what you might think of when, when, when somebody really wants to take a risk and, and I'm the one that's going to say, yes, you can, you know, you can take that challenge. Um, I'm not going to do it for you, but I will provide you all of the, the resources, the safety nets, the connections, um, the, 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 the risk taking, you can, you can share with me those things. I can be that sounding board. And, and again, I think in our community, that's, that's a lot of what I do outside of TEDx now is really being that person for, again, entrepreneurs and startups, um, for my family, for my daughter, you know, I'm always telling her, you know, you can tell me anything, you know, I've either done it myself or I know somebody that's done it or, or, you know, growing up as a, as a, as a young woman and that sort of thing. So I think that, that being a really good, um, Listener, I think is, is, is probably one of my superpowers. I think that, um, again, connecting other outliers with each other, you know, the people that wouldn't ordinarily cross paths. Um, I think of TEDx in and of itself as like this crossroads of different people. And so that's something that I, I actually really, really enjoy. It's, it's, my, it's in my wheelhouse to create those experiences for people to connect. I would agree a thousand percent with all of that. And I feel like I've got the best job in the world 
because I get to sit at the center of these conversations with people like yourself who um, will take a stand and they will stand up for an idea and they'll stand up for their community and they'll provide, create this space where all of these things can happen. And that takes, it's been my experience in these conversations that it takes a unique set of a lot of different life skills to be good at that, to be able to lead a team. I'm currently studying this idea about the importance of safety in a culture and creating a culture of a safe space and that team team dynamics and team development and leadership is how safe the leader makes us feel uh, in terms of being able to do what we need to do, say what we need to say, do all of that stuff. And, and I have to say that until this was introduced to me actually by the organizer of TEDx Youngstown, and gave me a book okay. on culture. And we had this talk just two weeks ago, and I've just been immersed in it. Uh, about this this idea of safety and so and I think that as the mom there's also uh, safety around your child as well but also she is I can tell very uh, uh, independent and mm -hmm. you don't have to worry I'm 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 gonna say, suggest you probably don't worry about her you know she's gonna right. be fine um, you may privately but I, I I'm gonna guess you don't um, for Chloe, you're going to come back from Ted Fest with uh, the population cap taken off and the financial cap taken off. What are you looking forward to at your, your next, your, your more than 100 person event? Um, I think it goes back to the question that you just said. I think all of a sudden we're going to have a community that's behind Ted and it's not just going to be just me. Um, fostering the team thus far has been such a whirlwind and we've really bonded as a community of students and I'm talking I've been talking to some of the younger members on our team just picking their brain on whether or not they're going to stick with TEDx Georgia Tech next year and I mean it's close to a hundred percent people are are sticking around on the team which is um, retention rate for college organizations is an incredible feat so yeah. um, just excited to finally when I came on at Georgia Tech, I mean, nobody knew what a TEDx event even was. I mean, they were like, they'd come up to me like, oh, I, I saw a TED talk once. <laughs> right, yeah. sure, sure. Um, I mean, nobody knew what a TEDx event was or what it could be like, um, what it would be like to be on the team. I mean, our team was so small. We were so small-minded. Um, and now, I mean, just in three years, we've grown to where we are today. Um, and circles and circles and circles of people are coming to understand TEDx Georgia Tech as a name on Georgia Tech's campus. And if it just went away next year, I truly do think that people would be wondering what happened and um, curious to know where we went. And so that has been exciting that, that random people, people even like leaders of my clubs now that didn't even go to Georgia Tech asked me about it and are so excited about it. Professionals from um, the co-working spaces around us, I mean, they know it. And it's kind of cool to have my name attached to that. So sure. I get emails all the time just as like the name of TEDx Georgia Tech. Um, but even today, I mean, I'm moving on. I'll, I, it's not going to be just me um, for much longer. And so I'm excited to kind of pass the torch to a community. Um, it's not just going to be one president just leading it year after year. It's going to be a group of people that love TEDx Georgia Tech. 
I, I love that legacy that you're leaving. Uh, we talk about um, with a, a, another friend of mine who was a speaker at TEDx Santa Barbara about the tracks that we leave, right? Mm -hmm. What are the mm -hmm. tracks that we leave? Um, I would love you to go listen to the show. It was one of the early shows with Herbert, who was the um, person at TEDx PSU, and okay. listen to how they organize and have managed the turnover of team members. He has a okay. very unique approach that's working very well for him, and that's that's not been a problem. They got their arms around it very soon. Uh, so go listen to that. If you uh, listener, if you run a university event, I know there's a lot of you that listen that do. Go back and listen to that one again because it was very good. Um, Grace, what are you looking forward to in your next event in this <laughs> wonderful historic theater? And I have to have a picture of that for that. Just okay. it sounds like it's beautiful. So Grace, you're in this um, this amazing theater that's been closed for 30 years. You're one of the first events in it, and now you're getting ready to do your 2019 event. What are you most looking forward to? I think um, what I'm most looking forward to is expanding the depth of our team. Um, because I've done it for four years, I want to groom sort of the next group of people mm -hmm. to come through. I think, um, they'll have some new ideas for it. They'll bring out some new speakers. Um, there's some other things that I want to do. Um, outside of, of TED, um, TEDx, and, and, and continue to actually do with TED maybe on a national level. So, um, you know, again, the benefits of organizing the event locally, um, you know, you become tethered to it in a lot of ways. And so bringing on more people and different people, I think, will, will add um, to the depth of, of the event in Augusta. That's a um, that's just good good advice for everyone to be bringing in new people. This I rebooted my team last year. And mm -hmm. this year is the first time I've got all the same people in those places. So I don't have a lot of legacy years. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to a year of stability and not training, <laughs> right? Training the people. Um, but I, I t so hear that. Okay, ladies, this is the, the part of the show I enjoy because I get to learn even more about you. Uh, we're going to take our red circle and we're going okay. to turn it into a magic carpet and, uh, Chloe first, which TEDx are we going to fly you off to? You have to go to anyone in the world, any, anyone in the world. Oh my gosh. Um, oh wow. Now I'm overwhelmed. I would love to go to one, whether it's international or just across the country, one that's just like so outside the South and so outside college and just massive. I mean, yours was a thousand people, but like a massive, massive, massive TEDx event mm -hmm. and seeing like celebrity speakers and, and just seeing how big it could be and the impact that it could actually have outside of just like a small little college amphitheater. Um, I don't have one specifically in mind, but maybe a city out West or something. I, I think we get, get you to TEDx Sao Paulo. And get Elena to invite you down, and it's uh, she's ten thousand people in a soccer stadium, and they build a full television studio, and it's a it's a whole thing. Uh, you can hook up with her in the uh, TEDx Facebook group, and there's something okay. to look forward to. Go and uh, go down there and uh, be part of the crew, 
mm-hmm. my my dream was always to be able to to go to TEDx's, but to be able to help work backstage uh, and do mm-hmm. stuff. So not just in the audience. Grace, where mm-hmm. am I going to fly you to? You know, um, I've been to actually a fair amount of TEDx events. I've, oh. I actually went one in Madrid last summer. Um, I've been to almost everyone in the Southeast. Um, so I, I, I have experienced them. I do it personally and professionally. Um, and then obviously go to other kind of tech tech events. So I don't know. I, I'm probably a little bit like Chloe. I, I would love to see a, a, a bigger event, maybe a legacy event, um, you know, maybe one in the Bay Area. Um, going to TED, obviously, in Vancouver would be amazing. Um, someplace fun, I guess, is like Seattle mm-hmm. or New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I, I don't um, I don't I don't know that there's ever one on the bucket list in terms of wanting to attend. I do. I will say special shout out to um, our southeastern organizers. We do have a, a self um, organized conference um, just for organizers every year. And so we met with Birmingham and Atlanta and Chattanooga and Charlotte and Savannah and Charleston. And we all get together once or twice a year and share best practices. And that to me is almost just as fun as going to a TED event because you really are with your peers. Um, similar to, I guess, what TED, TED Fest will be like mm-hmm. in April. Mm-hmm. I love getting together with the Southern California organizers and they actually come up from Mexico as well. And uh, yeah. it is, um, and there's never enough time. There's never yeah. enough time. Yeah. Like you just want to do that. You're going to love Ted Fest so, so much. You get to meet people, bring lots of cards. Um, you're going to get to meet people from all over the world. It is fantastic. So my last question, and the one that I think is is almost going to turn itself into a book uh, as soon as I hit my 100th interview, uh, okay. is your best hack. Um, and, and the hack to me, the way I, I like to phrase it is, the thing that you do that materially affects the experience in however you want to take that, but that you don't spend any money on. What's the thing you could do or do do? That we, that we don't spend any money on? Yeah. Because yeah. it's a hack, right? It's something anybody can do. Like, for instance, uh, uh, TEDx Vienna said, uh, stand at the, make sure everything's planned so that on the morning of or the evening of, you're at the front door welcoming everybody that comes in by hand, saying hi to everybody. That doesn't cost a penny, and it was a fantastic thing to do. Chloe, I'll start with you. I like that. Oh gosh, pressure. <laughs> um, coming from a millennial standpoint, um, people love to be featured and recognized for what they're doing in their free time. And the way that plays out for our team is we haven't, we always have had an in-team photographer um, because photography can be a really big expense. And so for us, it's free. Um, And we have one photographer who's, or sometimes it, it works out where we have two, where there's one who just does professional and just kind of like documents the event and, and does the pretty pictures and the things that we put on our collateral later on. And then we have other photographers um, who are people who are on our team who just have a casual DSLR, DSLR camera and they go around and they capture our attendees. And so whether we throw our little red X in their hand and say pose or we capture them eating and eating lunch or as they're walking in the doors, 
Um, we always have kind of a photo booth set up for people to kind of like play with the red X and document that they were there. And then we share all those photos and it's just this, there's something about photography that I just love about seeing your face in this event where, like you were saying earlier, regardless of if you remember anything from the event, if you have a picture of yourself there, it's just this like stamp in time that I was here and I was so happy and you, you capture that. Um, so I don't know, maybe that's too big of what, what you're thinking, but for us, I mean, we just have a student casual photographer who goes around and just captures like the candidness without worrying about what's the gonna, quality. What's it going to do? I'll have to remember that for next time. Mm -hmm. See, see, see mom gonna... says that's a good idea. There are, by the way, uh, for, uh, uh, anybody who's listening and all future guests of the show, there are no wrong answers on this show. Um, <laughs> that, that is, um, I, I love that. Uh, you had said something earlier that I, d I wrote down, but I didn't mention at the time. Uh, as you get older, you'll learn that there are um, two main drivers for everybody. And it's one is to have a sense of being connected. And that could be love, it could be community, it could be part of a team, it's but a feeling of being connected. If you're disconnected, then you're lonely and you despair and there's all those bad things. So we all want to feel connected. The other one is we want to feel significant in some way. And that's exactly what you just spoke about. People love to feel significant in, in whatever that means to you. It could be significant to another person, uh, significant in your community, significant as I, now I know it was when you said you're associated with TEDx Georgia Tech and you like how that makes you feel, right? People will see you and go, oh, you're TEDx, you know, so that's, you know, that's, we don't, we don't get uh, paid in money, but we get paid that way. Right. Mm -hmm. that, like that is like, Oh, I like that. And I was like, for me in the grocery store, someone will come up randomly and say, you know, that speaker. And I was like, Oh, hold it. I, who are you? And how do you know me? And <laughs> yeah. they're like, yeah. Oh, it's a, you know, it's a Ted thing. Uh, so grace, your best hack. Okay. So I have two, Ooh, great. um, really, really, really quick. I was reminded of them when Chloe was talking. So, um, the first one we do is when we have our MC close out our event um, after the very last speaker, everybody knows ahead of time that we bring all of the speakers, all of our team um, back onto the stage. And so we, we take everybody who, who's, who's had um, some sort of presence in our event. And so this year we had about 35 people on stage as, <clears throat> as I spoke with my um, co-organizer about closing out the event and so thanking everybody and reiterating the team experience and the TEDx Augusta letters are up there and everybody claps and it's just that encore, you know, sense of gratitude that it wasn't just me organizing it. It took, it took the speakers. And then what's great about that obviously is, you know, all the family take pictures and, 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 and of we course. chit chat and hug on stage. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, so that, that's a, that's a wonderful hack. I think doesn't cost anything. And then the second one, Maybe it costs a few dollars, but we always put out a whiteboard with an open-ended question related to our theme, and then we keep a high-top table with Sharpies and Post-it notes right next to it with a volunteer, and so we task everybody with answering this question um, during all of the breaks, and so by the end of the day, you have a whiteboard with about 100 Post-it notes on it, and so you know we had matter, connections, autonomy, and venture as our themes the last oh, few years, it. and so so for this year, you know, the question was, you know, in 2018, I venture to fill in the blank. 
And then our first year was, you know, what matters to you? And it was just all of those words. And so it engages, again, an experience for our attendees to answer the question related to the theme of, of, of that year. And that doesn't cost much except for post-its and Sharpies. <laughs> and I, I have a, um, and also I'm going to add to that a, a suggestion that you might do. Okay. So write this down. There's a product called Wallzilla, W-A-L-Z-I-L-L-A. And it's, okay. sti it's sticky back paper. And uh, we have a printing partner. He's been our partner since the very beginning. And so he prints all of our signs. But, uh, yeah. and it's got, it's a large format printer. And it's okay. printed on Wallzilla. So you can peel the back off and stick mm -hmm. it on the wall and it won't mm -hmm. affect the paint. You can take it on and off 50 times. So okay. what we do is we have our graphic designer take whatever that theme was. And that you know, when, remember a few years ago, it was dream, right? Mm -hmm. The big, the, the theme for Ted was dream. So we did a TEDx live and we put my dream for Santa Barbara is, and they had a map, oh, nice. but because you can put, you can make it fairly large and put it on a big wall. You can have three or four people working on it, but then you have this big thing that you can save, which is kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. So I, I yeah. love that idea of, and I saw at uh, TEDx Cal Poly, they made a big X and they had people write that same thing that you said, but they had it right mm -hmm. on the X. So you watched people during the breaks just trying to find a, a spare blank space that they could write on. And when it was all done, it was it was spectacular. Just yeah. Yeah. I love how innovative organizers can be. Ladies, this has been a fun, fun conversation. And I'm uh, you're you're almost done with spring breaks. So you're going to go back uh, to school, Chloe. Yes. And mm -hmm. when, is, when is your event? What's the date? April 7th. Oh, man. It's, it's a Saturday. How did you even find time to talk to us today? Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Right. <laughs> and Grace, when's your next event? It's in 2019? So our events are usually the last week of January, first week of February. Oh, fantastic. So figured all those details out yet but yeah we'll, we'll we'll definitely keep you guys posted and i guess you know we'll see you in april also yeah we'll see you at fest we'll see you at fest <laughs> ladies thank you so much for joining us here on hacking the red circle thank you yeah thank you thank you very much mark thanks for listening to hacking the red circle have an idea for a guest for the show or would you like to tell us your tedx story just drop me a note in an email to mark at hacking Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.